0: Welcome to another edition of the 1% Better Podcast with your host, Rob O'Donoghue.
1: Hello there. Welcome to this special-ish episode of 1% Better. Why is it special? So, last year I launched a podcast in my second year of podcasting called The 864. It was and is a shorter podcast of around 15 minutes it's called 864 because that actually is 14 minutes 40 sorry 14 minutes 24 seconds which is 1% of 24 hours 1% of your day and the kind of crazy logic behind all of this was to create a shorter podcast based on feedback i've got from people as they really enjoy listening to the long form interviews, but they felt sometimes a shorter one might be just as good and allowed them to hear it in full without having to come back to it halfway through the week if they forgot and that sort of thing. So I listened to people, I tend to try and do that, take feedback on board and came up with the idea of the 864 and we kicked it off last summer and uh, released a bunch of episodes over the next few months and in, in truth it worked really well in most parts um, in some it didn't and again like a lot of this is an experiment to try and figuring out the best way to do it one of the lessons I learned was that putting it on its own separate channel which is the 864 channel turned into not a bit of a nightmare or anything but just extra work because I had to release it on that and build up an audience of following on that that was different getting people listening from the 1% subscribers to the 864 Wasn't straightforward and in general it just took a little bit more effort than I expected even though it was shorter interviews I thought that would mean I'd be able to get them done quicker less editing etc but in all in all it didn't take a whole lot different especially when you're putting it out and sharing it on the socials all that stuff still takes the same time so it was a really good learning from that point of view and I was able to attract some really high profile guests uh, from all over the place. And I think there was something in that as well as looking at shorter episodes, shorter interviews, some folks are more likely to sign up for it. So there are just some lessons I've learned. Um, So the concept was right. And I was trying to figure out how best to kind of maybe relaunch it this year. And I suppose now coming into the end of the summer and into the latter part of the year, I said, why not now? Why not now just to start rolling them out again? So I've decided to do that, but this time out on the 1% Better podcast channel, this one you're listening to, and see where we go from there. So again, it's just the same sort of interview, but a lesser extent of detail. So tend to just talk about one or two specific focus areas for the 15 or so minutes, instead of the hour-long, going into the backstory, getting deeper into conversation. And again, I personally for, prefer those longer-form ones just because of the depth that you can go, under you're not under any kind of time constraints and all of that stuff. So this episode is an 864 from last year. You will hear a little bit of a, a musical intro for the 864. I'll leave that in for this one, might take it out for future ones and you'll hear the interview with a very high-profile rugby player. I'll talk about him in a second. The format I was also using was towards the end to try and do some Q&A, rapid fire, and try and tie it up around the 14-and-a-half-minute, 15-minute mark. Another angle or another element of uh joking I received last year I suppose was that none of them ever really landed on the fourteen and a half minute or so tended to go over just because I wanted to get a little bit more out of them and one or two actually went massively over. Uh one I did with Rosanna Arquette, which will come out in a few weeks again, went to uh thirty minutes I think. But it's not every day I get to talk to somebody in Hollywood from Uh, a a great line of actors and actresses and uh, i wanted to keep that one going so as i said probably numerous times it was an experiment it still is everything i'm doing here is kind of experimenting Um, uh, a lot of it is working out really well and some of it isn't and then i'll just try and see how to tweak that and move it along so We will go into the 864, or what I'm trying to come up with a term. It'll still be called 864 because that's the the name of it, but it's kind of 1% light, perhaps. Somebody mentioned going with that. Maybe you can come up with a a better term for me, or maybe just the 864 on 1% better works. Hopefully all that context helps you. This time last year, when I released it, I have had probably half the amount of listeners than I do now and that's another reason for relaunching or launching it because so many new folks are on board never never even heard of the 864 before so it's all new to them and this one is with rugby legend from New Zealand but also very well known in Ireland his name is Isa Nasiwa and we have a really interesting chat he was over in Ireland at the time we had a quick early morning call and things like mindset positivity meditation really interesting topics that uh, I enjoyed and some good advice that he shares so I'll leave it there as always please let me know what you think of this if it's the first time you heard it I'd love to hear your feedback if you have listened to these before hopefully a second time around something else sticks or you remember something you didn't uh, the first time around uh, do leave a rating on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. You can leave ratings, reviews, you can give me a, a stars, uh, all of that good stuff. I know I knock the Apple ch- Apple Podcasts and the charts because you can, uh, I've proven uh, recently in a kind of a, an experiment there that I haven't shared much about yet, you can game them, you can get to the top in other countries um, illegitimately and that's kind of funny, but you can... And the way I hope to do it is just keep being authentic and, you know, asking folks for subscriptions and following and likes and all of that good stuff if you like the podcast because that'll help with the rating. There's no doubt when you're higher up, you'll get seen by new folks. They might enjoy it. Uh, On that note, I did get high up in the Mongolian iTunes charts this week. Not gamed, uh, so whoever that one person probably over there was listening hopefully you're listening to this one drop me an email love to hear from you hopefully you can understand what i'm talking about Uh, and my english is is legible probably not good if you're learning english but there you go um tell a friend about the podcast follow us on social media at rob of the green pretty much on all of them i set up a slack group slack is a collaboration tool and my goal of that is to get folks that listen to the podcast to communicate with each other on a regular basis much more so than Facebook and other social media platforms there's a link on the website you can join that for free trying to get folks on board to sign up for some uh, August challenges and maybe challenge ourselves to improve in certain areas it's there and email uh, rob at robofthegreen.ie that's always a good way to get in touch Finally, and I know this is a long intro, but I'm entitled to it because it's uh, setting up the new episode. I was, or the show was, let me clarify that, 1% Better has been nominated for awards at the People's Choice, People's Choice Awards for podcasting. And it'd be really cool if it got one of those, I, I'd say. It's in two categories, the overall People's Choice, which has probably 100, 200 uh, podcasts in there, or the Education Uh, category so less than that so probably more of a chance to win there and really it's just about folks clicking on the link on the front page home page of the website uh, where it says podcasters choice awards vote then you just sign in and drop down on either of those categories to one percent better good thing about being one percent better number one is up near the top of the drop down and vote closing the 31st of july so if you did like the show wanted it to get a bit more exposure it would be cool for you to take a minute to at least do that if none of the other stuff and for the next 15 or so minutes i'm gonna let you enjoy the conversation with isa nasiwa from the 864 from last year and lots more of these to come over the coming weeks but don't worry the full one percent better interviews are continuing And I'll have one out next week, interviewing a good few at the moment, building a nice backlog and some cool ones coming up. There you go. Enjoy the conversation with Isa. Thanks so much and good luck.
0: This is the 864 Podcast from Rob of the Green, providing you with some insights, ideas, and actionable takeaways in just 864 seconds, or 1% of your day, with the explicit goal of making you get a little better, even if it's just 1%. Here's your host, Rob O'Donohue. Let's do this.
1: Hey, folks welcome to another episode of the 864 podcast and i always say this at the start but i really mean it this time this is a really special one for for me and for the show um i am delighted to introduce uh, Isena nasiwa to the podcast isa welcome on to the 864
0: thank you very much thank you for listening to me and um, having a chat today
1: no it's uh it's great to to grab you while you're you're back in Ireland for just for a few days, so it worked out well. Um, how long how long are you here for? You're here for? Is it? I was checking online. Is there kind of testimonial stuff going on for you?
0: Yep. So I've got a testimonial dinner um this evening, Wednesday. Um, but it's an in and out flight. I had very tight uh work, cons- and starting a new job. Um, finishing a bit of Sky Sports stuff in New Zealand. So I literally arrive on uh, arrived on Sunday, and I'm out of here on. Uh, thursday afternoon i wish i could stay longer but um for this trip it's a bit of a in and out job
1: very good and just before we were starting the uh, online or recording we were just talking a little bit about getting up early and morning routines so it was one of my questions maybe we we'll go straight to that one what is your typical morning routine that kind of gets you going you know gets you into I suppose, a flow state for today.
0: Yeah, so my morning is, is critical for me. And I've always been a morning person, um, probably ever since I was young, where I think my dad used to get me up and do a paper run very early. But I've always been a morning person and I'm always sort of most productive. Uh, me and my, w- my wife um, work as a good team because she's not a morning person. Um, and she functions best in the evenings when I'm getting tired. But even as a rugby player, I I always like to get up early and I have my... Routine of of whatever time it is. At the moment, it's um it's five to six because uh, I've started a new job and I have to get out of the house a little bit earlier. Um, but I have this routine around waking up, having my barocca having my granola, and having my two espresso, Nespresso coffees, and it's just my routine. Um, and it's continued on since uh since my rugby days here in Dublin, and especially over the last three years, I used to get up that little bit earlier because I like to eat a little bit earlier. Um. There was a time where mindfulness was tucked into my routine um, in the morning, um, only for five minutes, and that was the only way I felt I could set myself up for the day. Um, I'm slowly learning what routine post-rugby is like, but I've started one again, just knowing that I was starting a new job, that I needed to be out of the house early for living a little bit further away. I've gradually got back into it. So I'm feeling more comfortable and it just sits me up nicely for the day.
1: Yeah, it's very interesting that, you know, when it, when you hear from sports professionals that then all of a sudden change their routine, going from very detailed, laid out patterns on, on training and that, and then go into a world where it's post-rugby, post-sport, and there's that bit of maybe a gap of what to do with yourself. You notice things not, not feeling right?
0: Yeah, I don't know if it was fe- not feeling right. It's just that, I think you need that time. I think that you need that time post rugby to, to get away from it all. Um, Some people dive straight in to work through any certain circumstance and some people have to. Mm. And I think it's, if you have the option to take a bit of time and to break routine, I think it's a good way to mentally uh, prepare and mentally clear your head. So I had the good part of three months off, um, after finishing rugby Um, but it only over time and after the novelty wore off and after I probably got on my wife's nerves a bit I think I realized that I needed to find my routine again and a new one that suited me so it it just made me I've been uh, I've been institutionalized in rugby for 15 years where I've been told what to do and what to wear and where to be Hmm. for 15 years so I think that's Morning routine is an important way in helping transition out of rugby and into into your next career.
1: And I think having it for whatever you do helps, uh, I guess, set you up for the day, as you said. So, so the the mental aspect of of, of everything you do back in the in, in the rugby days, but even maybe growing up, was there a focus on kind of mentality as as well as just physicality always, or where did that come from? Do you think
0: that it it dominated fifty percent? Of my week, the mental side of the game and your your mental capacity and training and how you applied yourself and and I probably stumbled onto it pretty early, um, sort of way back around two thousand and seven when Joe Schmidt was at the Blues with me, um, and then through experience and age, you you find what works for you. Um, what works for a whole team might not necessarily work for you, but you stumble across things and when you do readings and research, I think over time you generate your own sort of mindset and, and philosophy, whether that's based on someone's or someone else's or it's purely your own. So I definitely developed my own quite early um, and probably tweaked it in an evolution of mindset uh, over time. And, you know, circumstance such as kids, um, getting married, all those things influence your mindset. Um uh, and how you want to be a champion, how do you want to be perceived. So, yeah, I developed mine pretty early, but, you know, it's probably, it was more prevalent for me and stronger in the sort of my time here at Leinster than it probably was in New Zealand.
1: Mm. When you retired in 2013, the first time around, how big of a, a shock to the system was that? And, and what role did, did your mindset and mental strength have to play in coming to terms with it?
0: So I, I look back at the time when I retired and I was comfortable with my decision. You know, the decision was to move home. Um, and I didn't think I was going to be playing rugby again. So at that time, my mindset was, was fine and healthy and positive because I knew I was challenging a new, uh, walking into a new challenge in life. Um, plus I didn't want to play for anyone else but Leinster at the time. So when I said at the time I was retiring a Leinster player, I think there was a, probably a lot of people out there that thought that wasn't true. Um, but I always knew in my mind, I didn't want to play for anyone else. Um, so at the time I was positive about, you know, starting life. Um, starting a new career so at the time it was it was the right decision for us and my mental strength was right you just got to get on with it you know you tackled you know you attacked in your rugby career now you know get out and 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 attack the next part of your life um and that was my mindset at the time
1: Hmm. and you went into a role after that uh, doing the the research with with the Auckland Blues as, as kind of a mental skills coach talking about discipline and yep. identifying attributes. I'm just picking up on as well, what you said, like your mindset and how you developed a, an approach there for you, what works for you may not work for others. How did you find this was the challenge of being able to adapt and tweak mindset approaches for different players when you were in that role? What, what worked out there?
0: Yeah, it was an absolute learning curve for me. Um, I wasn't really given a structure, which in hindsight probably wasn't a good thing. Um, but what I found, I was in the, in the role for two seasons, um, maybe the space of 20 months, and I realised very quickly what worked for me was not going to work in the organisation that I was in due to unforeseen circumstances um, and the people involved. But in saying that, I had to adapt from the first season to the second and to say, you know, what's really going to work for the individual And that's what I focused on. I focused on the individual rather than the team because it was a far more positive um, experience for the player and and probably benefited the player more. And I also learned at the time that if you have no interest in it, you're not going to work on it. If you have no interest in the mental side of the game, if you don't think it's going to work, then it isn't going to work. So these are sort of real sharp learning curves that I learned over the – especially the first nine months in the role um, and then leading into the second campaign before coming back here, I found, you know, what worked for certain athletes and, and we just, I just focused on the positive and, uh, and did that. And from all the feedback that I probably got and I still stay in contact with quite a few of those players, um, you know, it benefited them at that time of their career.
1: Mm. And did you was as you were going through that process? Were you documenting the learnings on a on a daily, monthly basis? How, were you reflecting on it so that you could actually, I suppose, improve yourself as you go forward?
0: I really was. I really was. It's it's so strange how, you know, I figured out what had worked for me. Um, I figured out all the other people that influenced me on my time here at Leinster and took that back, and it definitely gave me. A way different perspective when I had decided to come back to Leinster um, and in particular like what really mattered like why did you play the game why why do you want to be here you know what decisions do you have to make that aren't always popular um, mm. for the right reasons so by the time I got back to Leinster in 2015 two years later I was a completely um, different person than when I left
1: mm. Sounds like a great experience, even though maybe at the time sometimes you don't realise how much you're learning and how much value it'll bring further down the road, uh, it seems yeah. to have been the case. I, I like asking the question around the voice inside the head to yep. various guests, because there's certainly one in mine, and uh, it's jumping up and down a lot of the time, shouting at me, I'm used to it. But um, how do you deal with that kind of negative self-talk? Is that something that you've had to develop over the years as well, or has there been approaches to, uh, to befriend it?
0: yeah definitely um and my the negative self talk in my head has never been very strong um i'm i'm a very positive person um i believe in the law of attraction i i believe that you can quiet that voice and i it's never been i've i've always been pretty good at parking mistakes parking negative negative self talk and just leaving it alone and, and squashing that voice. And I can probably pick out sort of two games in my career that it probably got the better of me. And, you know, it didn't mean that I had a terrible game. It's just two games in particular that it sort of jumped out and started talking and wouldn't go away. And it's, but as you, as you grow in your career and get more experienced, you definitely figure out, techniques to uh to quiet that voice um but you've got to challenge yourself at the same time and I think I can put myself in situations um in training on the training field where you have a choice if you want to push yourself you have a choice if you want to wake up in the morning and be in a good mood um and I think a lot of this probably came from you know having patience with with my children and my kids and understanding that when I come home, they have no interest in if I had a bad day of training or if I had a bad game. They just want to see their dad first and foremost. So, a lot of, a lot of, the negative talk I just I learned to deal with, um, pretty pretty well, to be honest.
1: I think that negative self talk comes up more when we have too much time to actually pay attention and too much time to 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 dwell on it.
0: I I I hundred percent believe that because. I really encourage people to have a positive distraction and that's just something that's rolled off my tongue a good few times over the last five years. And a lot of guys have study, a lot of guys uh, training to do something and it's a really, really good distraction from rugby the way you just don't have to think about us. And I think it's the guys that are bored and have too much time on their hands that they probably struggle with it a bit more. But if, if you can leave rugby where it is and, focus on something else it takes your mind off it which obviously is a is a good thing in the long in the long run
1: yeah i totally agree i think that's one of the reasons why i do this uh, to kind of um, keep me active outside of the day job as well maybe one or two final ones to wrap up Uh, you said you mentioned meditation as well early on, and that's something I've got into the last three or four years and have it as my morning routine. It's a it's a it's a mandatory uh, foundation, effectively. That's something that was always in your life, or where did that come in and go out? I'm just fascinated or that whole topic.
0: Yeah, I've I've it's it was it was massively important for me over the last three seasons here at Linster, um, and maybe that's the time. The first time I retired, I was probably doing quite a lot of research around meditation and mindfulness. Um, I have done a lot of yoga over my career, um, even in my time at the playing rugby in New Zealand and my early days in Leinster. So, as I say, it was probably just one of those philosophies that that has evolved, and you found what worked for you. Um, but mindfulness is a is is always a, a massive part of my day. Um, and we even started, you know, running a few classes at Leinster over the last um, over the last 12 months. And and it's a real positive and, and benefit and can, if you want to do it though, you know, it's something you can't, once again, can't force on someone. Mm-hmm. But if they find it um, beneficial in their daily lives or in their performance out on the field, then, then of course you're going to do a bit more of it. So once again, I probably, stumbled across it through research and and then just made it part of my daily habit.
1: Very good. Yeah. I think the the theme jumping up there, as you mentioned, is people have to want things and a lot of the time it's a question of timing i guess for for certain people just to stumble across things and it's the right time right place and they can throw themselves into it yeah totally agree um we'll wrap it up with just one question around maybe a book that you've read over the last while that has influenced you positively in some way that you took something from anyone you can recommend that uh i normally put up on the website afterwards
0: yeah um uh, so one of my great uh Great reads. I've had a I've had a I've had a couple. Um one would be um the monk who sold his Ferrari. Yeah. Is that
1: the name of the book? It is. I have have it here. Um, I'm looking at it. Yeah. It's um yep. Sharma, I think uh, is the guy's name. So
0: Yep. And the Monk Who Sold His Ferrari, that's a is a great read. Um it's not some people's cup of tea, but it definitely um rang bells in my head. Um but also Pete Carroll, um, Win Forever is a Seattle Seahawks uh NFL head coach. Um, and his philosophy of win forever is a it sort of just struck cause with me because it was probably a, a a way that i was thinking already so of course i read the book and was like wow this is cool so i'd i'd often go back and read that when you go down the road of win forever it's it's hard to get out of it um and and that's just daily life and daily habits so it's it's a, it's a great philosophy and one that it, um you know I really agree with. But those two books, you know, I'd often probably read them once a year um, and it just keeps me on my toes.
1: Very good. I like the fact that you go back and reread these things because there's sometimes so much good stuff in them and we never go back to them afterwards. Um, I might give you a quick book recommendation or a question to see if you've ever read it. I'm reading it at the moment and it kind of ties into some of the stuff we talked about around yoga and meditation. Have you heard of Autobiography of a Yogi?
0: i have heard of it um i think i probably have it on my amazon watch list and have had for a while yeah. um but the thing with yeah i i got to a point um probably the start of last season i'd often try and read go- a good few books in the off season um and i had four or five books that i still haven't got through uh, stuart lancaster gave me a good good few books so yeah. um yeah it's probably definitely on my list and something i'll look forward to
1: do have a, have a check it out you might enjoy it um look that was brilliant thanks so much for taking the, the the 15 plus minutes i think i stole an extra one or two there um towards the end but it was great conversation thanks again i hope you enjoy the the next 24 hours in the country before you uh you head back and looking forward to sharing this one it's been a pleasure
0: thank you rob it's been a pleasure thank you very much
1: So this is the outro of the podcast guys, you got to the end and that is great. Please hang in here for another couple of minutes, I know most people won't, but maybe there's something here of interest, so check this out. First off, thanks so much for listening to this one, as well as maybe the 100 or so that's gone before it. Why not check them out if you haven't already, there's lots of good stuff in there. The whole podcasting journey for me has been a huge learning and I'm trying to help you guys learn and improve as well. So much has changed over the last few years since I started it. I've really realized lots of the goals that I put out there and then realized so many unexpected benefits as well. And I think any anytime you take on action towards a goal, you're going to pick up lots of things that you didn't expect along the way. And hopefully they're good things. In this particular episode, was there any one or two things that jumped out? Maybe you could take a pen and paper out right now because this is something that you might think of during the episode but never do. Do it now. Take it out. Write down a goal that you're going to set yourself as a result of something you learned from this episode. Put a plan in place and then work towards it. Applying yourself deliberately over time. Take ownership. Build a habit. Improve. Get 1% better. Share accountability with somebody you know in a buddy system and learn and grow and improve. That's what it's all about. That's my hopefully inspirational piece done other areas to note check out the website robofthegreen.ie you can consume everything there for free there is obviously the podcast there's video one minute monday clips there's articles Uh, not enough but I'd like to put more there if you're interested in putting one there let me know And there's a Get Better At page, which I'm starting to add new content to over time. There's a feedback page. If you want to email me, rob at robofthegreen.ie instead. But it's all about trying to engage you and get you to a place of improvement. So I'm open to feedback. As I said, ways you can help me is by following me on the socials at robofthegreen.ie is the website or at robofthegreen on all the social platforms. Subscribe to the podcast on any of the Apps that you might listen to it on. Talk about it. Tell a friend about it. Tell your family members about it. Share some of the ideas, not only to your friends, but to me. Is there anything I can improve upon? Sign up to the newsletter. That's there as well. I'm experimenting again with a group called Slack. Rob of the Green on Slack. This is really for a shared accountability environment and sharing ideas. You can sign up to that on the website as well. All of this is obviously all free, but there is also an option where you could subscribe to my Patreon site and make a small donation for the content that we do. It's there. It's totally up to you. Everything that is coming in through that or could come in through that will go into making the podcast better. So to close, I am always trying to improve and get better change is difficult i know that but it's all about taking the first step learning something applying yourself moving forward you can do this i've been able to improve pushing myself outside the comfort zone learning and i think if i can do it so can you don't overreach don't set yourself unrealistic goals one percent at a time is enough but it's all about starting and that will bring you on your pursuit of betterness to a great place thanks for sticking to the very end talk to you next time and take care good luck